John, chapter 16. I am telling you this to keep you from being afraid. You will be chased out of the Jewish meeting places, and the time will come when people will kill you and think they are doing God a favor. They will do these things because they don't know either the Father or me. I am saying this to you now, so that when the time comes, you will remember what I have said. I was with you at the first, and so I didn't tell you these things. But now I am going back to the Father who sent me, and none of you asks me where I am going. You are very sad from hearing all of this, but I tell you that I am going to do what is best for you. That is why I am going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you until I leave. But after I am gone, I will send the Spirit to you. The Spirit will come and show the people of this world the truth about sin and God's justice and the judgment. The Spirit will show them that they are wrong about sin because they didn't have faith in me. They are wrong about God's justice because I am going to the Father and you won't see me again. And they are wrong about the judgment, because God has already judged the ruler of this world. I have much more to say to you, but right now it would be more than you could understand. The Spirit shows what is true and will come and guide you into the full truth. The Spirit doesn't speak on His own. He will tell you only what He has heard from me, and He will let you know what is going to happen. The Spirit will bring glory to me by taking my message and telling it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is why I have said that the Spirit takes my message and tells it to you. Jesus told his disciples, For a little while you won't see me, but after a while you will see me. They said to each other, What does Jesus mean by saying that for a little while we won't see him? But after a while we will see him. What does he mean by saying that he's going to the Father? What is this little while that he is talking about? We don't know what he means. Jesus knew that they had some questions, so he said, You are wondering what I meant when I said that for a little while you won't see me, but after a while you will see me. I tell you for certain that you will cry and be sad, but the world will be happy. You will be sad, but later you will be happy. When a woman is about to give birth, she is in great pain. But after it is all over, she forgets the pain and is happy because she has brought a child into the world. You are now very sad. But later I will see you and you will be so happy that no one will be able to change the way you feel. When that time comes, you won't have to ask me about anything. I tell you for certain that the Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. You have not asked for anything in this way before, but now you must ask in my name. Then it will be given to you, so that you will be completely happy. I have used examples to explain to you what I have been talking about. But the time will come when I will speak to you plainly about the Father, and will no longer use examples like these. You will ask the Father in my name, and I won't have to ask him for you. 
God the Father loves you because you love me and you believe that I have come from him. I came from the Father into the world, but I am leaving the world and returning to the Father. The disciples said, Now you are speaking plainly to us. You are not using examples. At last we know that you understand everything and we don't have any more questions. Now we believe that you truly have come from God. Jesus replied, Do you really believe me? The time will come and is already here when all of you will be scattered. Each of you will go back home and leave me by myself. But the Father will be with me and I won't be alone. I have told you this, so that you might have peace in your hearts because of me. While you are in the world, you will have to suffer. But cheer up. I have defeated the world. John, chapter 17 After Jesus had finished speaking to his disciples, he looked up toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come for you to bring glory to your Son, in order that he may bring glory to you. And you gave him power, over all people, so that he would give eternal life to everyone you give him. Eternal life is to know you, the only true God, and to know Jesus Christ, the one you sent. I have brought glory to you here on earth by doing everything you gave me to do. Now, Father... Give me back the glory that I had with you before the world was created. You have given me some followers from this world, and I have shown them what you are like. They were yours, but you gave them to me, and they have obeyed you. They know that you gave me everything I have. I told my followers what you told me, and they accepted it. They know that I came from you, and they believe that you are the one who sent me. I am praying for them, but not for those who belong to this world. My followers belong to you, and I am praying for them. All that I have is yours, and all that you have is mine, and they will bring glory to me. Holy Father, I am no longer in the world. I am coming to you, but my followers are still in the world. So keep them safe by the power of the name that you have given me. Then they will be one with each other just as you and I are one. While I was with them, I kept them safe by the power you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost, except the one who had to be lost. This happened so that what the scriptures say would come true. I am on my way to you, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that my followers will have the same complete joy that I do. I have told them your message, but the people of this world hate them, because they don't belong to this world, just as I don't. Father, I don't ask you to take my followers out of the world, but keep them safe from the evil one.
They don't belong to this world, and neither do I. Your word is the truth, so let this truth make them completely yours. I am sending them into the world, just as you sent me. I have given myself completely for their sake, so that they may belong completely to the truth. I am not praying just for these followers. I am also praying for everyone else who will have faith because of what my followers will say about me. I want all of them to be one with each other just as I am one with you and you are one with me. I also want them to be one with us. Then the people of this world will believe that you sent me. I have honored my followers in the same way that you honored me, in order that they may be one with each other, just as we are one. I am one with them, and you are one with me, so that they may become completely one. Then this world's people will know that you sent me. They will know that you love my followers as much as you love me. Father, I want everyone you have given me to be with me wherever I am. Then they will see the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the world was created. Good Father, the people of this world don't know you, but I know you, and my followers know that you sent me. I told them what you are like, and I will tell them even more. Then the love that you have for me will become part of them and I will be one with them. John, chapter 18 When Jesus had finished praying, he and his disciples crossed the Kidron Valley and went into a garden. Jesus had often met there with his disciples, and Judas knew where the place was. Judas had promised to betray Jesus, so he went to the garden with some Roman soldiers and temple police who had been sent by the chief priests and the Pharisees. They carried torches, lanterns and weapons. Jesus already knew everything that was going to happen, but he asked, Who are you looking for? They answered, We are looking for Jesus from Nazareth. Jesus told them, I am Jesus. At once they all backed away and fell to the ground. Jesus again asked, who are you looking for? We are looking for Jesus from Nazareth, they answered. This time Jesus replied, I have already told you that I am Jesus. If I am the one you are looking for, let these others go. Then everything will happen just as I said. I did not lose anyone you gave me. Simon Peter had brought along a sword. He now pulled it out and struck at the servant of the high priest. The servant's name was Malchus, and Peter cut off his right ear. Jesus told Peter, Put your sword away. I must drink from the cup that the Father has given me. The Roman officer and his men, together with the temple police, arrested Jesus and tied him up. They took him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. This was the same Caiaphas who had told the Jewish leaders, It is better if one person dies for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. That disciple knew the high priest, and he followed Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest's house. Peter stayed outside near the gate, but the other disciple came back out and spoke to the girl at the gate. 
She let Peter go in, but asked him, Aren't you one of that man's followers? No, I am not, Peter answered. It was cold and the servants and temple police had made a charcoal fire. They were warming themselves around it when Peter went over and stood near the fire to warm himself. The high priest questioned Jesus about his followers and his teaching, but Jesus told him, I have spoken freely in front of everyone, and I have always taught in our meeting places and in the temple, where all of our people come together. I have not said anything in secret. Why are you questioning me? Why don't you ask the people who heard me? They know what I have said. As soon as Jesus said this, one of the temple police hit him and said, That's no way to talk to the high priest. Jesus answered, If I have done something wrong, say so. But if not, why did you hit me? Jesus was still tied up, and Annas sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest. While Simon Peter was standing there warming himself, someone asked him, Aren't you one of Jesus' followers? Again, Peter denied it and said, No, I'm not. One of the high priest's servants was there. He was a relative of the servant whose ear Peter had cut off, and he asked, Didn't I see you in the garden with that man? Once more Peter denied it, and right then, a rooster crowed. It was early in the morning when Jesus was taken from Caiaphas to the building where the Roman governor stayed. But the crowd waited outside. Any of them who'd gone inside would have become unclean and would not be allowed to eat the Passover meal. Pilate came out and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? They answered, He is a criminal. That's why we brought him to you. Pilate told them, Take him and judge him by your own laws. The crowd replied, We are not allowed to put anyone to death. And so what Jesus said about his death would soon come true. Pilate then went back inside. He called Jesus over and asked, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you asking this on your own? Or did someone tell you about me? You know I'm not a Jew, Pilate said. Your own people and the chief priests brought you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom doesn't belong to this world. If it did, my followers would have fought to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. No, my kingdom doesn't belong to this world. So you are a king, Pilate replied. You are saying that I am a king, Jesus told him. I was born into this world to tell about the truth. And everyone who belongs to the truth knows my voice. Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Pilate went back out and said, I don't find this man guilty of anything. And since I usually set a prisoner free for you at Passover, would you like me to set free the king of the Jews? They shouted, no, not him. We want Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a terrorist. John Chapter 19 Pilate gave orders for Jesus to be beaten with a whip. The soldiers made a crown out of thorn branches and put it on Jesus. Then they put a purple robe on him. They came up to him and said, Hey, you king of the Jews! They also hit him with their fists. Once again Pilate went out. This time he said, I would have Jesus brought out to you again. Then you can see for yourselves that I have not found him guilty. 
Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said, Here is the man! When the chief priests and the temple police saw him, they yelled, Nail him to a cross! Nail him to a cross! Pilate told them, You take him and nail him to a cross. I don't find him guilty of anything. The crowd replied, He claimed to be the son of God. Our Jewish law says that he must be put to death. When Pilate heard this, he was terrified. He went back inside and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus did not answer. Why won't you answer my question? Pilate asked. Don't you know that I have the power to let you go free or to nail you to a cross? Jesus replied, If God had not given you the power, you couldn't do anything at all to me. But the one who handed me over to you did something even worse. Then Pilate wanted to set Jesus free. But the crowd again yelled, If you set this man free, you are no friend of the emperor. Anyone who claims to be a king is an enemy of the emperor. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out. Then he sat down on the judge's bench at the place known as the Stone Pavement. In Aramaic, this pavement is called Gabbatha. It was about noon on the day before Passover, and Pilate said to the crowd, Look at your king. Kill him! Kill him! they yelled. Nail him to a cross! So you want me to nail your king to a cross? Pilate asked. The chief priest replied, The emperor is our king. Then Pilate handed Jesus over to be nailed to a cross. Jesus was taken away, and he carried his cross to a place known as the Skull. In Aramaic, this place is called Golgotha. There Jesus was nailed to the cross, and on each side of him a man was also nailed to a cross. Pilate ordered the charge against Jesus to be written on a board and put above the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. The words were written in Hebrew, Latin and Greek. The place where Jesus was taken wasn't far from the city, and many of the Jewish people read the charge against him. So the chief priests went to Pilate and said, Why did you write that he is king of the Jews? You should have written, He claimed to be king of the Jews. But Pilate told them, What is written will not be changed. After the soldiers had nailed Jesus to the cross, they divided up his clothes into four parts, one for each of them. But his outer garment was made from a single piece of cloth, and it did not have any seams. The soldiers said to each other, Let's not rip it apart. We will gamble to see who gets it. This happened so that the scriptures would come true, which say, They divided up my clothes and gambled for my garments. The soldiers then did what they had decided. Jesus' mother stood beside his cross with her sister and Mary the wife of Clopas. Mary Magdalene was standing there too. When Jesus saw his mother and his favourite disciple with her, he said to his mother, This man is now your son. Then he said to the disciple, She is now your mother. From then on, that disciple took her into his own home. Jesus knew that he had now finished his work, and in order to make the scriptures come true, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of cheap wine was there. Someone then soaked a sponge with the wine and held it up to Jesus' mouth on the stem of a hyssop plant. After Jesus drank the wine, he said, Everything is done. He bowed his head and died.
The next day would be both a Sabbath and the Passover. It was a special day for the Jewish people, and they did not want the bodies to stay on the crosses during that day. So they asked Pilate to break the men's legs and take their bodies down. The soldiers first broke the legs of the other two men who were nailed there. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, and they did not break his legs. One of the soldiers stuck his spear into Jesus' side, and blood and water came out. We know this is true, because it was told by someone who saw it happen. Now you can have faith too. All this happened so that the scriptures would come true which say, No bone of his body will be broken, and they will see the one in whose side they stuck a spear. Joseph from Arimathea was one of Jesus' disciples. He had kept it secret, though, because he was afraid of the Jewish leaders. But now he asked Pilate to let him have Jesus' body. Pilate gave him permission. And Joseph took it down from the cross. Nicodemus also came, with about 75 pounds of spices, made from myrrh and aloes. This was the same Nicodemus who had visited Jesus one night. The two men wrapped the body in a linen cloth, together with the spices, which was how the Jewish people buried their dead. In the place where Jesus had been nailed to a cross... There was a garden with a tomb that had never been used. The tomb was nearby. And since it was the time to prepare for the Sabbath, they were in a hurry to put Jesus' body there. John, chapter 20 On Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran to Simon Peter and to Jesus' favourite disciple and said, They have taken the Lord from the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. They ran side by side until the other disciple ran faster than Peter and got there first. He bent over and saw the strips of linen cloth lying inside the tomb, but he did not go in. When Simon Peter got there, he went into the tomb and saw the strips of cloth. And he also saw the piece of cloth that had been used to cover Jesus' face. It was rolled up and in a place by itself. The disciple who got there first then went into the tomb, and when he saw it, he believed. At that time, Peter and the other disciple did not know that the scriptures said Jesus would rise to life. So the two of them went back to the other disciples. Mary Magdalene stood crying outside the tomb. She was still weeping when she stooped down and saw two angels inside. They were dressed in white and were sitting where Jesus' body had been. One was at the head and the other was at the foot. The angels asked Mary, Why are you crying? She answered, They have taken my Lord's body. I don't know where they have put him. As soon as Mary said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know who he was. Jesus asked her, Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener and said, Sir, if you have taken his body away, please tell me so I can go and get him. 
Then Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni. The Aramaic word Rabboni means teacher. Jesus told her, Don't hold on to me. I have not yet gone to the Father, but tell my disciples that I am going to the one who is my Father and my God, as well as your Father and your God. Mary Magdalene then went and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord. She also told them what he had said to her. The disciples were afraid of the Jewish leaders, and on the evening of that same Sunday they locked themselves in a room. Suddenly, Jesus appeared in the middle of the group. He greeted them and showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they became very happy. After Jesus had greeted them again, he said, I am sending you just as the Father has sent me. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they will be forgiven. But if you don't forgive their sins, they will not be forgiven. Although Thomas the twin was one of the twelve disciples, he wasn't with the others when Jesus appeared to them. So they told him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said, First, I must see the nail scars in his hands and touch them with my finger. I must put my hand where the spear went into his side. I won't believe unless I do this. A week later, the disciples were together again. This time Thomas was with them. Jesus came in while the doors were still locked and stood in the middle of the group. He greeted his disciples and said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. Stop doubting and have faith. Thomas replied, You are my Lord and my God. Jesus said, Thomas, do you have faith because you have seen me? The people who have faith in me without seeing me are the ones who are really blessed. Jesus worked many other miracles for his disciples, and not all of them are written in this book. But these are written so that you will put your faith in Jesus as the Messiah and the Son of God. If you have faith in him, you will have true life. John, chapter 21 Jesus later appeared to his disciples along the shore of Lake Tiberias. Simon Peter, Thomas the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the brothers James and John were there, together with two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. And the others said, we will go with you. They went out in their boat, but they didn't catch a thing that night. Early the next morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise who he was. Jesus shouted, Friends, have you caught anything? No, they answered. So he told them, Let your net down on the right side of your boat, and you will catch some fish. They did, and the net was so full of fish that they could not drag it up into the boat. Jesus' favourite disciple told Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon heard that it was the Lord, he put on the clothes that he'd taken off while he was working. Then he jumped into the water. The boat was only about a hundred yards from shore. So the other disciples stayed in the boat and dragged in the net 
full of fish. When the disciples got out of the boat, they saw some bread and a charcoal fire with fish on it. Jesus told his disciples, Bring some of the fish you just caught. Simon Peter got back into the boat and dragged the net to shore. In it were 153 large fish, but still the net did not rip. Jesus said, Come and eat. But none of the disciples dared ask who he was. They knew he was the Lord. Jesus took the bread in his hands and gave some of it to his disciples. He did the same with the fish. This was the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from death. When Jesus and his disciples had finished eating, he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than the others do? Simon Peter answered, Yes, Lord, you know I do. Then feed my lambs, Jesus said. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter answered, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus told him. Jesus asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him three times if he loved him. So he told Jesus, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus replied, Feed my sheep. I tell you for certain that when you were a young man, you dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will hold out your hands. Then others will wrap your belt around you and lead you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to tell how Peter would die and bring honour to God. Then he said to Peter, Follow me. Peter turned and saw Jesus' favourite disciple following them. He was the same one who had sat next to Jesus at the meal and had asked, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw that disciple, he asked Jesus, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, What is it to you if I want him to live until I return? You must follow me. So the rumour spread among the other disciples that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say he would not die. He simply said, what is it to you if I want him to live until I return? This disciple is the one who told all of this. He wrote it, and we know he is telling the truth. Jesus did many other things. If they were all written in books, I don't suppose there would be room enough in the whole world for all the books.